Luke 6:42 says, How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On today's Something to Talk About episode, we're talking about just that. How sometimes our own sin and our own wounds can really make it difficult and nearly impossible to help others the way we need to. Enjoy today's discussion. So we are uh, back in Luke chapter 6, looking at verses 39 to 42, really as we're um, kind of working through this idea of, uh, of the blind spots that we deal with. And, and last time we were together, we talked about false teachers and false teaching. And uh, now today, I really want to kind of drill down a little bit on, on the idea of our own blind spots, of trying to help others get the speck out of their own eye when we're still dealing with a log in our own eye and and um that sounds painful well you know it is and one of the things that tends to happen with us is we have painful places in our lives that cause us blind spots and yet when we're going around we just kind of ignore those things and they consume us and they keep us from being who we really are or being able to give uh really helpful godly advice to others but we, we ignore them. We, we just continue to go on, and we don't pay attention to the fact that very often we're operating out of our wounds. And I think that's a common problem for us. I, yeah, I, I mean, when, we, when you brought up the subject to me, uh, we were going to talk about it today, it really uh, hit home to me. I don't see how it can't hit home to anybody. <laughs> Seems like it. But, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, without getting into too much detail here, you know, I was going through a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm, I'm in the worship band here at church and do several other things and do the podcast. Um, and because I was going through this difficult time, it felt nearly impossible to me to be able to minister not only in the way that I wanted to, but in the way that I should. I, I didn't want to, you know, I had to deal with my own junk, first of all. and and Yeah, it's hard to worship in spirit and in right. truth if our spirit is being misaligned right. by, by all of the junk that's going on in our lives, and that misaligned spirit keeps us from being able to actually think thoughts that align with truth. Right, and something as simple as just stuff in life becoming just so overwhelming yeah. it's not you know it doesn't have to be some like oh i did a horrible thing it's just life right. you know coming at you and when that gets so overwhelming and you don't deal with it how can you minister to others so i think that we often forget that and we try to ignore our stuff right. and as a result i think that can be kind of dangerous if we continue to try to you know minister to others you were talking before we started recording you know if you when you start to recognize your sin or your own wounds or, or what you might be going through, it can also affect how you treat other people. Mm, for sure. And, you know, it can almost make you more judgmental. And like we were talking about, I don't know if that's to alleviate our own guilt when we're going through things like that. But yeah. I think it's a it's a dangerous game to play not to recognize your own garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's funny in the sense of being ironic, but it's a it's a... A real tragedy to see, but it's it's pretty common, pretty normal for us when when we are dealing with junk, particularly sin, wounds as well, but particularly unconfessed sin. 
uh, that um, whether it's you know what some folks might call a besetting sin, that thing that constantly plagues us, or just something that we're not letting go of, uh, pride, bitterness, right. you know, any number of things. Uh, or trying to protect a lie in our lives that, right. <clears throat> or our reputation or any of those things. Um, when, we're, when we're holding on to those things, it, it almost seems to um, heighten our awareness of what righteousness should be. It, mm-hmm. And it makes us keenly aware of the sin in others or the shortcomings in others or the foolishness in others. I know if I'm not right, if I'm not... Um, for any number of reasons, if it's right. you know unconfessed sin in my life, or I'm uh, starting to wade into the waters of pride and and not on my knees before the cross, then I get very very <laughs> I get more let's say irritated with the foolish choices of the world. I look around at the world around me and all of the just ridiculous things that that we look at that don't make any sense, and I get very indignant and fired up about it. Um, and I get more bothered by the world's sinfulness and foolishness when I'm not right in my own heart. Mm. As opposed to Jesus weeping, you know, as he's entering Jerusalem. Jerusalem is representative of the entire rebellion of Israel. So as he's seeing Jerusalem, he's weeping for Jerusalem. He's really weeping for all of God's people uh, as represented on Zion's hill there because they're not repenting. They're not turning. And he's like, if you had just received this, if you had just turned to the Lord, the glories would be unbelievable. But instead, you're going to be at the pinnacle, the worst part of human history. And and he knows that and he sees that. Uh, and what tends to happen to me, Jesus is that way with that compassion in the midst of his his perfection of love. But for me, when I get into those places where my unconfessed sin, my pride, whatever, uh, causes me to be particularly indignant about these things, then I get riled up and angry rather than compassionate. So rather than, than looking at you know, whatever progressive mentality is out there that's telling us that sin isn't sin, and say, boy, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And my heart's breaking for them, weeping for them, praying for them, and striving to share Jesus with them, and willing to die on the cross for them. Uh, instead, I'm like, where's my sword? I'm, you know, right. I, where's the where's the sword of wrath? The judgment is is ready to come. And that reminds me, we were um, <laughs> Jesse and I were working on the, the Casting Crown song, Jesus, Friend of Sinners, and. Um, it talks about how you know we cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. We're we are supposed to be friends of sinners, not uh, not participating with them, but coming alongside to say, look, there's a better way. There's there's mm-hmm. there's hope. There's grace if you will repent. And the only way for us to do that is to, to share truth. Right. We can't love without truth. But man, sometimes we want to wield that truth like a sword, and, and I fall right into that. And that tends to push people away more for often sure. than not. <clears throat> That's absolutely true. In fact, um, you know, we're, we're told that it's the kindness. If someone's coming at you with a sword, you're going to sca- scare you're gonna and run, run away. Right? Yeah, that's not pleasant. So, um, you know, as we're, as we're looking at how the whole, um, just the whole thing works, our, our sinfulness, our hardness of heart, our 
woundedness and, and you know we've talked about this a thousand times you know pain always makes us selfish well that, that's, that's the other works. thing you know we're, we're talking about you know active our active sins but it's also important to acknowledge i think the woundedness of not letting go right and not just saying god save me i, I can't do this on my own you know help me yeah <laughs> you know and that pain causes so much in us that you know pain leaves scars it leaves mm-hmm. scar tissue and and if you've ever had a, a cut that required stitches and or a you know a surgical wound or something that's deep um when that heals up there's a there's a bump there there's a there's a lump a hardness mm-hmm. that you know can be can continue to be painful mm-hmm. and then eventually becomes sort of numb that happens to us emotionally and spiritually when these wounds are here and we don't take them to the cross to to, or we do, but we don't release them at right. the cross. We'll take them to the cross, but we pick them back up again, and, and we keep living in that wound. And the scar tissue that builds up over it hardens us and keeps us from from being able to be um, fully surrendered and and able to to see things through the eyes of Christ. And if we don't get focused on the scriptures. Um, then our emotions take over, and, and you alluded to that earlier. If if I've got all this stuff, that's all I that's all I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> the old saying, you know, if you're if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. If I'm wounded, I see everything through that lens of my wound. If I'm, you know, if I'm inside in turmoil over unconfessed sin, then my inner self is going to see the world through that lens. And whether that's in judgment of everybody who's a part of that sin or whatever else, the enemy is going to work really hard to get my back up against it. So I'm going to get all um, agitated and defensive, and I'm going to call out people. And in that their makes sin. it harder to get out of it. Absolutely does, because it feeds the pride. Right. And and pride seems to be at the root of most everything. James McDonald uh, has said numerous times that that at the bottom, at the root of all of the sins that we deal with somewhere in there is fear Mm -hmm. and i would take it even a step farther somewhere in the midst of that fear is always pride it's always about me and pride pride keeps me from seeing anything else but what's going on so if i'm battling you know at the risk of using popular words if i'm battling low self-esteem if i'm really looking at myself as a loser that's a form of pride because my eyes are on me rather than on christ if my eyes are on christ then as paul said in romans 12 i can view myself with sober judgment not thinking of myself more highly than i ought but to think of myself through the lens of christ and at that point it's not so much that i'm debasing myself I'm not thinking of myself. Right. I'm focused on him. And because I'm focused on him, I'm focused on others. And I'm an afterthought. But that's not normal for us. Right. Most of the time, it's about my needs. Well, I deserve better than this. I should be treated better than this. You know, I don't have to put up with those kinds of things. What about my rights? Why don't you recognize that I'm equal in value to you? The fact that I'm fighting for those rights means I've already lost the battle. And I'm, I'm in this spot because of worldly, fleshly thinking. And I can't get past that. I can't have an illuminated thought if I'm darkened by the flesh, by the sin and the wound and all right. the things that, that go into that. So 
So what can we do about <laughs> Because it's, it's like you just said, it's human nature, I think, to, to, to get into these habits. It is, yeah. And I would say that the first step is to recognize it. And, right. you know, we've been talking about Luke 6, and, and to go back to it, the, the text that we're actually looking at is Luke 6, verses 39 to 42. And um, Jesus was talking about false teaching and false teachers, as we talked about last time, and also these uh, blind spots in our own lives. Mm-hmm. It says in verse 39, he, he also told them this parable, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So whoever you're, whoever you're following, you're going to end up in the same destination because you're on the same path. So we will always end up like those that we that we follow, that we listen to in podcasts, or we read in books, or sit under their teaching. And he goes on in verse 41 and 42 to say, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? Interestingly, that same uh, Casting Crown song talks about plank-eyed saints. And that's <laughs> Sounds like an insult. A plank-eyed. A plank-eyed. <laughs> or a 90s band. That's true. But, <clears throat> um, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus talks a lot about being able to help our brothers and to judge rightly. We focus so much on the don't judge, but Jesus does, while he does say don't judge, he also says judge rightly. So there's a different concept in play. Don't judge in the sense of condemning. That's the passage right before this, um, starting in, in verse 37. Don't judge, you will not be judged. Don't condemn, you'll not be condemned. But that doesn't mean we throw away our brain. We, we take away discernment of truth, that we stop thinking about what is right and what is wrong. We do need to judge rightly, but we can't do that while I'm still, while I'm still dealing with this log sticking out of my eye. Rightly being the key word. Rightly being the key <laughs> word. And rightly is not judged by my decisions. It's right. judged by the Word of God. Right. So when we see bad fruit on the tree, we need to address that out of love uh, because we're called to restore one another. And Galatians 6 talks about restoring uh, restoring one another when we're caught in sin. Uh, I think it's verse 1. Uh, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should re- restore that person gently. It's kind of an important word, gently. Because when we're identifying with them as people that we love and we recognize, man, I've been there, I, I get it. Right. It's not that sword wielding. But. Right. I'm not trying to, right. to say how terrible you are. I want to help you off of this dangerous path. Uh, again, to steal from McDonald, there's a hole in that road. If you continue down that road, you're going to fall into a pit. I want to help you out of that. Not because I'm better than you, but because I get it. I've yeah. been there. So gently restoring that person. And he goes on in that same verse to say, but watch yourselves. Are you also maybe tempted? We can't do that. We can't take ourselves down that bad road. Carry each other's burdens in verse 2. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So if I'm going to carry somebody else's burdens, I better have my burdens under control. That doesn't mean I, I you know, <laughs> don't have any issues right. in my life. That would be unrealistic this side of heaven. But I know how to release those burdens at the cross. I don't have, it's not that I don't sin. It's that I don't hang on to that sin. I don't have unconfessed sin. I don't have sin I'm trying to protect. If I've got secrets, I'm going to be in a bad place to be able to help others. So the, the, your question of how do we do that, it starts with awareness and being able to, to let go of that, to recognize, wait a minute, 
I can't help somebody else if I haven't helped, if I haven't surrendered this part of my life to the blood of Christ and let the Spirit guide me through that. And oftentimes, you know, it's like you just touched on, those sins that we've experienced, those things that we've gone through, we can then turn those around and use those as tools for others. That's absolutely right. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, I should sin so I can go help somebody. But but everyone goes through stuff. Everyone does stuff. Everyone, you know, we have these things that happen. And if you don't feel like you can turn that around and surrender it and then do something better, then what's the point? Well, in the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus as as our high priest who knows what we've been through. So he's able to help us because... He's, he can identify. Right. Now, he could identify before because we don't have any emotions he didn't give us. Right. But the reality of this is that we can recognize, we can really identify with him because he's faced everything we faced and yet was without sin. We can look at Jesus and say, okay, he gets me. Yeah. He, he, he's been through this. He's faced it. And we can allow him to help us in that way, in a way that, that we wouldn't if it were just some religious figure or even in in, in uh, to a large extent i guess when we're talking about the invisible god mm-hmm. who is holy and beyond it's hard for us to imagine that god can identify with what we've gone through right. so god proved it by saying okay here i am i'm yeah. i'm walking through this with you in the dirt in the in the mud i'm i'm down in this with you and when we seek to restore others that same way not because we ourselves you know, are better, but, but we're, we're down in the right. mud with them, here. getting our hands dirty just like God does yeah. in Christ with us. Um, we, can, we can be of use to others, but we can't do that if we're separated, if we think we're better than them, or if we're stuck in the same mud, flailing about not getting anywhere. We've got to be able to... to provide a better answer because the renewing of our mind has allowed the spirit to transform us from inside so get your stuff right there you go all right we'll end it there thanks guys